Hello and welcome back. Got another episode today. Uh, today I want to talk about basically what does it actually mean for me to get out of the field? Because I've been referring to this a lot in uh, some of the more recent episodes, and I don't think I've really con- gone over, you know, what what happens after that. Because it's not like once I'm out of the field, I'm done. Once I'm out of the field, I can exit. Um, you know, maybe I can, that'd be kind of cool, but I doubt it. And really it's got to be for the right price. Um, cause at this point I'm so invested and I've put in so much work. I really can't settle anymore. You know, if you were to ask me a year ago or even six months ago, then there was a, there'd be a really good argument for, at least uh, from an emotional side for being able to just say, Hey, you know, that's enough X dollars, you know, 350,000. I'll take it. Get me out of here. <laughs> uh, but now it's kind of like, all right, things are finally starting to operate uh, the way that I want them to operate. We're, we're finally getting close to those sort of magic moments where I'm out of the field and I'm focusing on X, which that's what I'm going to talk about today. What is that X? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I could just sort of exit now. Uh, but I would be kind of interested to hear from you know a, a, a broker of some sort or maybe a, I don't know who sells account. I, see, this is the thing. I haven't even really thought about um, who do I need to even talk about or who do I even need to talk to, to, to be able to sell my business. But I would like to hear from somebody at some point soonish, maybe within, maybe by the end of the year, what is my business worth? And, um, you know, just see what happens. But that being said, I doubt it's going to be the number that I want. I doubt I'll do it. Um, because we're really close to being able to build it in a way where now I'm not working around the clock and um, I really am building and, and almost have something of, of real value here. But getting out of the field, what does that actually mean? Well, before we get into that, I want to back up and give you guys an update. Um, so for the longest time, I had a pretty cool, I did, I, I did sort of the, the new customer tally last, excuse me, last night. And for the longest time, uh, I have been in the 130s in my mind. Now, that does not mean that we had 130 plus customers for the last few months. In, in fact, we were a lot, a lot, uh, uh, we had a lot less customers than I originally thought by a tremendous amount. So for the last, I would say it's almost June now, six, seven months. I Well, maybe not six, seven, but for the last four months, I have thought that we were in the 130s. So every time we got a new customer, I was like, all right, cool. We're getting closer to 140. And in the last two months, since I picked up a customer on Friday uh, and I picked up a customer uh, the day before that, so two customers last week, for the last two months, we have grown by 20 accounts, which means we were down in the one teens, uh, which boy, I, I just, I was so off with how many customers we thought, uh, that we had, uh, how, how many customers I thought I had, uh, which it was a pretty bu- tough blow. But that being said, from a, uh, spiritual perspective, I have been in the one thirties because I didn't know how low we had gotten in customer count. So I feel like we have been in the one freaking thirties for months and months and months and months. And 
We ha- even though we haven't, that's what I've been feeling like we've been at because I didn't know our numbers. And uh, so this 130s has been sort of like this purgatory hellhole, uh, you know, that I just have not been able to get out of. And um, I went into this weekend thinking, this past weekend, I went into it thinking we were in the low 130s still. And I had dropped, a, uh, you know, I had dropped a customer. Actually, uh, I lost two customers. Or I lost one and I dropped one. And I kind of dropped the one that I lost because uh, it was just a kind of a crappy situation. And I was tired of, of doing it for so cheap. But, uh, but yeah, so I lost one, um, and, uh, so I was sitting here thinking before the weekend, I was like, all right, we're probably at like 133. Cause that was when I did my last tally. I, we were at about 133. Um, and, and then we lost a couple and I knew we had gained a couple since then, but you know, I got busy, I got sick and I got busy and another week and a half or so went by and I didn't keep track. And and so I was just sitting here thinking, okay, now we're at probably like 133, 134. And I was trying to be conservative because I didn't want to get my hopes up like I had been doing for the previous uh, while. And, but anyway, so I tallied my customers last night, including the ones we lost. And I really cleaned up our book and I really kept count. And uh, sure enough, we are actually at 137. So we're on the tail end of the 130s. Heck yeah. Um, it's, an, it's, a, it's a really good feeling. And you would think, okay, that's like the difference of maybe four or five customers. Not a big deal. Well, just imagine thinking you are in one, the low 130s for the last four or five months. And that you're probably not as dumb as me. So you probably won't have, you won't ever really be in a situation like this where all right, one second here. All right, sorry about that. Uh, going through a section of uh, Sacramento here that is always, always just so dangerous. Uh, such a poorly designed section of the freeway. Uh, but yeah, you're probably not as dumb as me, so you probably would have been able to put two and two together before me when you're growing like a weed and you've got customers coming in, multiple customers a week, coming in for months at a time, uh, you probably realize, okay, I'm probably not in the 130s if I'm still in the 130s after a couple of months of this. Uh, but I didn't and whatever. You know, I, ha- I have a lot of things on my plate and keeping count is not always the most important thing. When you have, you know, thousands of dollars in repairs, when you have trucks out in the fields, when you have, you know, Memorial Day coming, which is the, the true kickoff of the swim season and everyone wants their pool to be perfect. Um, you know, keeping count, it is really not always in, in the, the front of mind. You know, it's not top of mind. It's not the most important thing. So I didn't put it together. But if you can imagine, uh, if you are as dumb as me, uh, you know, you've been stuck and you can imagine, oh, I'm seeing all this growth and somehow we're just losing the same amount that we're growing and we're just, or something like that, and we're just stuck in this 130s purgatory for months and months and months, despite growing 20 accounts in two months, less than two months, uh, you can probably imagine how frustrating that can, that can feel. Um, so being at the tail end of 130, 137, that feels pretty great. It feels wonderful. And it got me thinking, okay, how close are we 
to being able to afford a second truck. Because the whole reason I'm keeping tally, the whole reason I'm, I'm getting so excited about growing is the, the, the uh, faster I grow, the bigger we get, the closer I am to getting out of the day-to-day route work, getting out of the field. Now, I'll still be in the field doing big repairs, doing small repairs, training my guys, checking on their pools. You know, there's still a lot of stuff, but the, the grind, the route work is really the, the sort of day-to-day grind. It is the grunt work, and I've been doing it uh, this whole time, and it's the most time-consuming part, and it, and it takes away the time that I would otherwise have to be bettering the business, to be growing the business. And I've been saying that on this podcast for many episodes now, but I've never really gone over exactly what that looks like once we do cross over. So today, I want to update you guys and let you know, in my mind, where I think this goes, um, what I think I'll be doing, and and sort of the overall game plan for when this finally happens. Now, caveat to this, this is what I think will happen in my mind. This is, this is me having an educated guess on what we'll need to be doing. Um, this is by no means me saying that I know for sure what my day-to-day is going to look like uh, because I don't know. I've never been in this situation before. Um, all I know is I'm going to have a hell of a lot more time to really, really buckle down on the business. So I have a few ideas of what I'll be doing, I should, I should probably say. So a couple of things. What does it actually take to get me out of the field? So... If I want to get very aggressive and depend, and I mean heavily, depend on the fact that I have enough customers where I will get enough repair money coming in and I will have enough new customers needing new repairs, um, you know, a couple, couple grand worth, maybe like one to $2,000 uh, in profit worth of, worth of uh, repairs. We're talking, you know, probably four or 5,000, which is what we're averaging now. We're averaging now you know, between four and six grand in repairs every month, which is a kind of a smaller, you know, it's, it's, um, and at this point you should probably know all I do is just kind of eyeball it and ballpark. You know, I'm not giving you exact numbers because I don't know exact numbers at all time. Most of the time I actually don't know exactly how much we're making. Uh, most of the time I don't know what these real numbers are, but I, I'm very, very close because I watch the numbers on a day-to-day basis, but I, I very rarely do monthly recaps. In QuickBooks, there's a, a really quick, um, really awesome little widget when right when you log in, right on your dashboard that says money in and money out, and that is everything. That is that is owner draw, that is payroll, that is, you know, chem costs, it's everything. It's just, it's just really, really simple stuff. It's money in and money out and how much was left over at the end of the month and how much should you, um, you know, did you have when the month ended in your business bank account? Uh, which, I mean, that's not even really profit because I don't, well, I don't actually know. I don't know if owner draw is considered profit. I don't think it is, but I, I don't know. Um, see, this is the thing. I don't know everything about business. And, and one of the things I'd like to do, quick quick tangent, is I would like to take a course on some business basics, some fundamentals, because, um, you know, I'm, I'm self-educated, but most of the information I've got is just stuff I've picked up along the way. But I would, I would kind of like to have a formalized um, way of looking at, at these numbers. But anyway, 
getting back to the point, uh, the point is the money in, money out, that's what I look at. And so I don't have the exact numbers, but... Okay, I lost my train of thought there. But uh, where I think... We, where I think we are with repairs is a rough rough estimate is we're about four to six thousand per month in revenue, which is usually anywhere between one and two thousand in profit. Um, that can be used and is and, and so is most of the time we re just take that and we reinvest it. We put it into marketing, we put it into recruiting, we put it into you know chemicals, we put it into equipment. Like um, you know, we just had to re up on equipment, and if I take on this new this new employee, I'm gonna have to buy a whole other net, and you know, and if we buy another truck, you know, it, it's just reused. You know, we just take that money and we put it right back in. It's, it's, I don't I don't touch that. So, I you know, but what I, if at the very, very bare bones, if I just have to get out of the field, cause I just determined this is the, this is the only way we grow, which is not what I'm going to determine. But if I, for some reason, determine that, um, this is the only way we grow is if I get out of the field for whatever reason. Um, you know, what we're really looking at is about 13 to 15 more, more customers, the 150 to 153 mark. Um, 152, somewhere around there. If if we get to that mark, then in theory, based on our previous results, which I don't like to do, and so you know, just as a disclaimer, we're not going to do this because we don't need to do this. But just based on our previous averages, our previous results, I should, in theory, be able to finance a new truck, hire another employee give them my entire route and get out of the field assuming that I get roughly the same amount in repairs every single month from here on out. That That's pretty awesome. Um, that's the, if I have to do it, we will do it. Um, now, it's not going to happen for a few reasons. Number one, because I'm going to be relying on repair money, uh, you know, just just to kind of back up and, and and give you some perspective. Although we average four to six grand every month in repairs, and although that's amazing, and it's some months it's been very high. I mean, I think it. We had a month recently, and I would have to go back and look at the actual um, the books, basically. But I think we had a month where we made like ten thousand in repairs. We did like four or I think it was like six filters and a couple of pumps and then a bunch of little things all in one month. And it was insane. That was an insane month for repairs. But then we've also had some months where we do like a pump. So, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that because, you know, here's the thing. Although we average these things, none of it is predictable. None of it is guaranteed. And I would like to think that eventually, you know, if we're fixing up the pools that we have, if we're doing our job right at our current growth rate, which is roughly 10 pools per month, we really shouldn't have that many have that much money coming in repairs. We should be fixing people's pools and getting all of our customers' pools really, really solid and dialed in faster than we're picking them up. Now, now that being said, of course, 
you know, things will break that I cannot foresee. That is why we're in the service business. That's why we take care of people's pools. It's because things break on pools. Pools are hard. They, you know, you don't just set it and forget it. You don't just fix it once and it's good forever. I mean, eventually things wear out, things break. But the big systems really don't break very often. And they should last you, you know, 10 to 20 years if you take good care of them. I mean, little minor maintenance things like O-rings, cleaning impellers, you know, things like that. That'll happen. But, you know, you, you, you get a new pump, you should be good for, you know, 10 to 20 years for sure. Um, depending on you know the conditions of your pool. And so I would like to think that eventually these repairs will start to dwindle and then we will only be getting you know maybe one to two repairs uh, per month at the rate that we're at. Now also I hope our growth rate goes you know starts to pick up faster. I, I'm definitely planning on dumping more money into the marketing budget very soon here. Um, so I don't really know exactly you know when that sort of uh, equilibrium happens, where that really happy place happens, where all of our pools are really just humming and, um, you know, we're not always on the hook to, to be fixing things. Because, I, you know, and, and as much as I love the, the money coming in and, and I'm happy to, to do the service, you know, I also t- care about my customers and I also care about doing the best we can for our customers. And that includes saving them money. Um, you know, that's, that's a differentiator for us. We're not out here just to just gouge you. And we're not out here to just look for like the smallest problem and try to get you the biggest and most expensive fix. No, we want to use the system that, you know, our customers have already and use it until the bitter end, because these things are freaking expensive and you shouldn't, you don't want people to be on the hook. Cause also you never know who doesn't actually have the money for it. And then you're kind of stuck. Um, for example, I've got a pool today where they're, it's not that they don't have the money for it, but they're putting in a new pool because they don't like the location of the pool in their backyard. So they are literally putting in a new pool and filling in their old pool. But what that means is they're not willing to buy anything. They, they have a crap filter. They, their pump went out in November. In November. It is now uh, May. Uh, I I stopped servicing their pool in March because they just wouldn't get a new pump and the, and the chem costs were starting to go through the roof. Uh, so that I serviced their pool with no pump for like three or four months. And then of course, of course I stopped serving, ser- servicing their pool and they started locking me out and weird stuff like that. And then so eventually I was like, you know what, call me when you have a new pool. I'm not, I'm not interested in the pool anymore. And sure enough, a couple months later and they were like, Oh, we're going to get a new pool next month. And I know who they were going with. And I know they're not getting a new pool until like next year. Um, but they're not willing to put any money into their existing pool. And so, you know, what happened was their pool go figure, went green, turned into a nasty swamp that I had to drain. And here we are again. There's, they need a new filter. Their, their junkyard pump that they had the, the pool company put in and not me uh, is just a piece of crap and it's barely working. Um, you know, and, and now we're having problems again with their pool already a month after I just you know, cleaned it out and fixed it because they don't have a filter. They don't have a filter that's working anymore. Like they just need new systems. Um, all right, I went on a tangent there, and I kind of lost track of where I was going. And I apologize; I'm a little uh, a little tired today. Uh, but point is, is I can't, I don't want to rely ever on on repairs. So, you know that that is never the goal. The goal for me when I'm when I'm projecting, um, you know, future income, future future revenue, uh, when I'm projecting whether or not I can afford an employee, it is all based off of the recurring revenue, the MRR. It's all based off of the customers we have and the fees they pay every single month because that is the safest part of our business conservatively. 
You know, that is the part where it's multiple paychecks every month. When you talk about multiple streams of income, when people say, oh, multi streams of income, each one of our customers is a stream of income. And we have over 100. We have 137 streams of income. It would take, you know, I could lose a customer tomorrow and I would have 136 streams of income, right? So that is the most conservative. That is the safest form of it. I mean, you talk about people who have paychecks and like the employees want that safe, reliable paycheck. The reality is, is if that one paycheck goes away, you are so boned. Uh, you you need to go find another big one chunk of, of of income versus versus if you're an entrepreneur, if you have a, if you're a business owner, every one of your customers is a stream of income, and you are so much more safe once you're built up. But that's that's a whole other co- uh, topic. So anyway, the point is, is I don't like. I don't like to pencil that stuff in. I like to be as conservative as I can when I'm projecting. I sometimes get aggressive because I get excited. Um, But we are at the very quickest, we're about 15 accounts away. If I want to, if I want to get aggressive, if I, if I want to, you know, take a little bit of a risk and assume that I'm going to make certain money, um, you know, certain amount of money through repairs. Now that said, it is totally more doable once we have a, a, a higher cash reserve which I am trying my best to build up. It is very difficult to build up a cash reserve this time of year because this is when your chemicals are the most expensive. Um, but uh, what what we do have is we have those robots, uh, those pool cleaning robots that we bought earlier this year. And I, I alluded to this in a previous episode, but earlier this year, I lost my employee. I was having a hard time finding employees, still am. Uh, bought a lot of pool cleaning robots thinking that those would help me mitigate the employment uh, the, the lack of employees. And, uh, turns out I was wrong. They didn't do the job I was thinking. And so I had 10 robots. I have about, you know, I had about 6,000 bucks in robots, 7,000 bucks in robots that I purchased, um, that I was no longer using. So we've been, we've been going through and liquidating those and, and, um, you know, using that as somewhat of, of a way to build up our cash reserves. So we're just basically taking whatever the, the proceeds are. We're selling them at a loss. We're taking those and living off of that cash as much as we can. So we're taking that as an owner's draw. Um, man, I got to get to cleaning this first pool pretty soon here. But we're taking that as, a, a, as an owner's draw, living off of that cash as much as we can, uh, and then keeping as much money in the business uh, account um, and that's kind of how we're trying to build up our, our cash reserve. Once I have a cash reserve, I can be a little bit more uh, aggressive with, with when I buy that second truck with, you know, when I, when I like get myself out of the field. But on a conservative level, the bare bones minimum of what we need, I am 20, assuming that um, we're, we're at an average of $120 per new customer which is roughly what we've been at for the last five to 10 uh, new customers signed up. We've, we've been upping our prices and I think I found the sweet spot. Um, you know, it's kind of future proofing. It's, it, it's, uh, you know, future, future leaning and, um, you know, assuming that chemical costs are going to continue to rise, which, excuse me, they are employment costs are going to continue to rise, which I think they will for at least another six, seven months. And then that, that'll just be the new minimum. Um, I don't think it's going to go back down. I think there's a lot of business owners out there who are like, you know, um, optimistic to a fault about this. I, I don't think the wages are going to come back down. I think there's going to be a new set minimum and then society will accept that set minimum and then it'll feel like, okay, it's not, it's not getting any worse for employers. It's not getting any higher, but I don't think it's going to come down. Um, but 
this again besides the point um now the the real from a conservative's perspective the real number we need about 26 more customers at a, at the average of 120 per customer uh per month the MRR 120 per month we're about 26 customers away from clearing everything our marketing budget our chem budget our labor costs our truck costs our gas our insurance costs our taxes everything included we are 26 customers away from finally being able to fully without question get out of the field and work on what's next Um, which takes us to a, a total of 163 customers that's how many we need we're at 137 today and I need 26 more to very, very uh, conservatively get out of the field. I have a feeling it's not gonna take all 26. I have a feeling we're gonna build up a little bit of a cash reserve. I have a feeling we're gonna have some customers who pay a lot more than 120 because we already are getting there. Um, and you know, as we scale that number up, as we scale that customer count up, I think it's gonna be somewhere between that um, you know, 150. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna probably feel pretty confident about getting that next truck and getting our our, our employee that we might hire today uh, into that truck and operating on his own. I think we'll get there a little sooner. And you know, one of the other things I'm I'm kind of toying about is maybe even doing something like we get them in a truck earlier, but only give them a couple of days a week you know, stack those days. So like right now I just rerouted and I'm going to be notifying our customers of their new day, but our Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are stacked. Monday and Friday are still a little light. You know, I'm still building out our Monday and Friday account, but our Tuesday through Thursday, man, I'm, I'm talking, you know, 15, 16 accounts a day, which is great. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's what I want our, our employees to be doing you know, 15 to anywhere from 15 to about 18, 19, uh, accounts. I don't really want to give anybody 20 accounts. Cause you know, I know what it's like to do 20 accounts in one day. It's not that bad, but I own the business, you know, and I don't want to burn people out. So 15 to like 18, 19 accounts, I think is a good, a good kind of maximum. And so we have three, three full-time days ready to go. Uh, so, I mean, in theory, you know, the labor cost is going to be less cause it's going to take a little less time uh, for my employee to do all of those accounts. So I might, we might, I, I think what's going to happen is we're going to find that we're going to get to anywhere between 148 and 156 and somewhere in that range, we're going to, I'm going to just want to pull the trigger and I'm just going to pull the trigger. That's what's going to happen. I'm just going to be like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm getting out of the field. This person's now doing it. I will just have to figure out a way to do it because you got to remember when I'm out of the field, I can do out of the field things. I can work on growing the business fast and I can work on trying to make up that money in other ways. And I will get into that once I'm done with this pool. All right, done with that pool. Woo, did a lot of gardening on the weekend, a lot of wielding a pickaxe. So I am, my legs are sore. And that was a house with a very large hill and some couple of issues that took a little longer. But here we go. Okay, so. Now you got, now you know, sort of uh, the conservative is 163, like ultra conservative is, is 163 customers. The um, aggressive is about 15, 13 to 15. That's um, hyper aggressive and ultra conservative. So I have a feeling we'll, be, we'll end up doing it um, somewhere in the middle. 
probably, you know, another thing is just give him three days. Give this new guy three days, um, you know, where he's getting the full route, and then I build up the other two until we're ready. That's that's another way we can potentially do it. I have to model that out just to be sure. But if that, I mean, if we could do that, that alone would be huge. Um, and so here's the thing, you know, for some people, the the hyper aggressive, you might be thinking, oh, you're a business owner, just do it. It's all risk anyway. That's for sure not the way that I look at things. Um, uh, but, and then there's probably some people who are, you know, oh, you got to be very, very careful. Business is so risky. You got to make sure that you, you know, do it at that 163, maybe even pad it a little bit and do it at like 165. That's also not the way I'll probably approach this. The way I appro- I'm trying to approach this is you have to assume that when I'm out of the field, I'm now doing something else with that time. I'm not just, you know, sleeping in. Now, that being said, you bet your ass. As soon as I have someone operating that uh, that that route, you know, in, in that second truck, and uh, I am not necessarily on the hook for those day-to-day uh, route work stuff, and I, I know that I can trust this person, like once they are trained and all that, you bet your ass I am going to start taking some days off here and there. Uh, yeah, I cannot wait. But for the most part, um, that time is really going to be traded. And so this is what I think that looks like. Number one, there is a ton of stuff on our website. Now, these are these are just projects. So I'm talking project-based, and it's not like... These are going to be day to day, like my new dailies, but what it, my, my new daily tasks, but what it will be is I'll be able to start taking on these projects and fixing up these systems. So number one, our website, um, we don't require, and, and, you know, this was, uh, pointed out by, by, uh, somebody who listened to the podcast, James, if you're listening to this one, uh, thank you very much for pointing this out. We don't require a phone number on our website form. Doy, I mean, like slap my forehead, you know, what the heck? Uh, we need to require that. Uh, now, I very rarely get a form submission without one. Um, you know, it says name, phone number, and address, and I very rarely, an email, and I very rarely uh, get a form submission without all of those. But it does happen. Um, so that's number one, you know, and, and he and James, if you're listening to this, I really liked all your feedback on, on our website. And I really appreciate you taking that time to kind of poke around on it. And um, it's awesome because I have about, a you know, I've got about, I think it was four or five things that he had pointed out uh, that were, you know, could use some work. And I totally agree. You know, the about us, the sort of like our team and our mission kind of section really needs a lot of work. Our services section could, you know, he, he had recommended we use some bullet points. I don't know if I necessarily agree with just the bullet points, but I agree that it needs to be better, much better built out. Maybe the bullet points, but the point is, is that in our plan section, we have bullet points. So I don't know if I would want bullet points on bullet points on bullet points on bullet points, but it's a good point. It's not very descriptive. It's just sort of the ethos behind uh, our approaches to each one of our services. Um, and maybe it'd be better to be a little bit more descriptive of like why we approach this. These are the things that are included when we, you know, when you pick a plan with these things included, these, this is the ethos of why we do it. This is the sort of, not the ethos, but this is the sort of um, reason why we have our, our approach. Uh, the way that it is, and this is these, are, and because of that, these are the things you get with those services. So that's a really good point. Um, 
I think um, there, there were a few more, but basically clean up that website and really make it uh, very lead, gener gener lead generation uh, friendly. The other thing on the website kind of going into that, that's sort of the, the very front of our marketing funnel or the very first sort of uh, give me something uh, of our marketing funnel. So the funnel really starts with like the ad that you see on Google, the, the Instagram post you see on our Instagram page, you know, the pictures you see on, on the website and pretty soon the Facebook page and all that stuff. That's the top of the phone. That's like the very beginning. That's the, the, the thing that sort of brings people in. But the first time we actually ask for your information, ask for something, actually transact with a potential customer, um, that's on our website. So that needs to be really, really dialed in. Because uh, I can put a bunch of pictures up on Instagram. I can put a bunch of pictures on, on, on Facebook. I can, you know, put a ton of different ad words and, or uh, key phrases and, and uh, you know, uh, descriptions on, on uh, Google ads and all that good stuff. But once I'm asking you to give me your information, that needs to be very, very clean. And that's a really good point. So thank you, James, for, for going through our website. Um, and just in case you're listening, because I've actually tried to call you a couple of times and, uh, you know, the, the, you're, uh, you're out there on the East coast and I'm here on the West coast. So the time difference is a little tricky to, to navigate, but, um, can't do lease trucks. James, if you're listening to this, I hope you are. Uh, I'm actually going to message you just to see if you would be willing to listen to this, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that. Uh, tell you to listen to this one because I'm going to answer some of those questions. So uh, I cannot lease vehicles. Um, it, it would be awesome if I could. Maybe a lease to own would be something I do. But there's two things that I there are two reasons why I can't do that. Number one, um, this is a this is a type of this this type of work. The the things we store in our in our trucks uh, absolutely destroys the trucks. I mean, um, the the long the the lifespan of these trucks really is going to be about five years, no matter if it's brand new or 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 old. Uh, and used. Um, five years, I'll be very happy. Very happy. I mean, I'm, I'm on year and a half on this truck. Uh, and it's, it's starting to show that like sign, those signs of, oh boy, it, this thing doesn't have that much life left, but I got a Ford F-150, a big old Ford F-150, super reliable, had it under, uh, you know, a hundred thousand miles. It's well above a hundred thousand. I'm actually overdue for another oil change, but I mean, I keep these things as, as, as good as I can. Um, but these trucks get just absolutely pelted. The other reason why we don't do lease to own is because the lifespan is so short, at least for right now, we're not, we don't have economy of scale. We don't have the ability to approach a dealer and say, Hey, those brand new trucks that you have, or those, you know, certified pre-owned trucks that you have, um, that you're charging people premiums. You're not going to charge me a premium because I'll buy 10 of them, uh, right now in cash. I don't have that yet. And because I don't have that, or, or at least finance those, I, I, you know, I don't really know what that it looks like exactly, but because I don't have that, I'm paying retail for these trucks. And so um, the lifespan is so short, I would much rather, instead of spending $35,000 to really $40,000 on a commercial vehicle nowadays, uh, I would much rather try my best and, um, you know, continue to... Uh, continue to buy uh, trucks at around the $15,000 mark. If I can keep that that rate and just do my best to just constantly be checking for deals all across Sacramento, all across our, our neighboring regions, um, I should be able to keep my truck cost low. One moment, I just got a, a text message from our contractor. I have to take that and I will be right back to this podcast. 
So that is um, that is the reason why leasing, you know, leasing a, a fleet is probably not in the cards. Maybe I'm misunderstanding how to do it. Maybe I'm misunderstanding the options out there. But as of right now, I would much rather just keep my caught my my truck expenses as low as possible by finding you know pre-owned vehicles that are in good condition. Uh, but probably don't have, uh, you know, an insane amount of life left, uh, but enough to, to justify the, the purchase cost. Um, so, uh, let's see, Th- those are the ones that I can kind of think of right now, uh, James. So thank you for, for all of that feedback. I know there was a couple more things and I'll, I'll go back and relook at the, the email and maybe even, uh, hit, hit his, uh, hit that email again in another episode. But, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, the reason why it's not going to be, I'm not going to get out of the field from an ultra conservative perspective, and I'm not going to get out of the field from a super aggressive perspective, you know, timeline, I guess, is because my job shifts. So cleaning up the websites, uh, you know, website and, and um, you know, once that's all dialed in, then I can go back and I can really redo our ads to the point where we're doing remarketing campaigns on Google ads or we're doing multiple different uh, campaigns uh, and spreading our dollars a little bit more out in a more diversified way and testing different things. Like we have a really good good, good thing going now and we want to up our budget for marketing, uh, for pay-per-click marketing. But um, as of right now, I don't want to just double the, the marketing that I have now. I want to see if we can't be a little bit smarter, do a little bit more remarketing. Um, maybe even do a little bit of uh, video ads on YouTube. Um, you know, so shooting video, we have a great camera to, to use, uh, at, you know, for, for that kind of things. I can, I can just do a really quick, you know, Hey, this is, this is who we are, you know, maybe even show them like how we service pools, uh, in the video and like, give us a call. Like, this is why we're better, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then hit Facebook ads with that hit YouTube ads with that and just be smarter about, uh, how we advertise because I know the other guys out there, the other companies out there that are advertising, and they're all about as sophisticated as I am right now. But the the, the difference between me and them is I know how to become more more sophisticated. The other thing too is build more of a marketing funnel. Like right now, we're like, bleh, this is who we are. Give us a call, and it works, um, which is awesome. We just sort of go bleh, and people call us. Uh, but what we really need to do is warm people up. So hit, say blah, and then remarket the people who, who saw it and maybe even went to the website, but then didn't, didn't, didn't fill out the form or didn't call. Uh, and then remarket those people with another blah, you know, hit them, hit them over and over and over with these, with, with the sort of, Hey, this is, this is the pool company you want kind of marketing. And, uh, I think we're going to see higher percentage of, of conversion with those later in the, in the stage funnels. The other aspect is an email um, an email, um, kind of funnel. So you give me your email. Maybe you don't want to necessarily call. Maybe you don't want to sign up right away. Maybe you're calling me for a repair and I have your email. Uh, but we, we just felt like, uh, it's not really the right time or you're not in the right area. And I just hit you with emails over and over. So then when we expand to those areas, now we've got this email list. We can say, Hey, we're expanding to your area. Are you interested in pool service? Um, you know, also giving value in those emails. So giving, giving, um, our, you know, our customers and anybody on our email list, giving them value of how to take care of your pool a little bit better. Those types of, of things, um, you know, to just build that, uh, know, like, and trust factor, uh, more thoroughly other than just the regular advertisement um, out there. So doing that should increase our conversion rates, should, should increase our lead flow um, pretty tremendously uh, over the course of the next six months or so. 
Um, the, that's, that's the digital marketing side of this. And there's a lot of work to be done. And if I do that, it puts me well, above, well, like way, way ahead of our, our customers. Then I can also focus on getting rev- uh, reviews. Like that, like that could be a chunk of my day and every review that you get, your, your credibility starts going up. And the more, the more I get, the more leads I should see in return, the more easy the sale should become in return. So that's why I'm not going to just stick to the pure conservative uh, route is because just from like one aspect, the digital marketing side uh, of the business, uh, if I improve that, we should see at least 30% increase in um, leads and sales, right? Uh, that's what I think. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, I, I'm pretty confident that that, that number is roughly uh, right. Um, I don't know for a fact, obviously no one can predict the future, but I'm I'm pretty dang confident. Um so that's one aspect. The other aspect is direct mail marketing. We can, we can, I can focus on that a lot more. I mean, I still don't know if I want to spend the budget um, on mailing these kind of postcards, but I could print out these postcards and walk door to door. That is something I'm, I'm pretty, pretty seriously considering. Is you know, do I do my repairs in the morning? You know, so I'll do these projects, right? But then sort of the more consistent, what do I do day to day? I'm going to still be doing repairs, by the way. So I, I may be out of the field from a doing route work um, perspective, but I'll still be going to pools. I'll still be diagnosing. I'll still be fixing issues. I'll still be doing things that my techs can't really do. I'll still be helping with filter cleans here and there. Um, and once I'm done with that in the morning, the next thing I want to do is I want to spend, you know, maybe one to two hours every day of the week knocking on doors, not just leaving postcards and actually knocking on doors and don't do it in an aggressive way. And I'm really nervous to do this. And I really don't want to do this because I hate it when people knock on my door and try to sell me stuff. I really hate it, but it's the nature of the beast. Um, you know, Hey, my name is Dave. Here's our company. If you have any questions about pool stuff, I just wanted to introduce myself and leave you this. If you don't want it, that's okay. Have a great day. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to try to hard sell. I'm not going to do anything. Just want to introduce myself and just try to build up that awareness. Um, of who we are and, and show people that we're not, you know, some sketchy bad company because for every 100 doors I knock on that I know have a pool because I'll be using Google Maps, I bet you there's going to be one person who is at least not happy with their pool or not happy with their pool service provider. Um, I doubt I'll be getting like a customer a day with, you know, only doing this for two hours a day, but I bet you I'll get a customer a week from it. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm knocking on 50 doors, um, yeah, I don't know if I can do 50 in two hours, but if I'm knocking on, let's just say 50 doors uh, a day, that's 250 doors a week. There's a good chance. Okay. That, uh, took a little longer. Uh, I know in this, I keep thinking you guys might know how much time just passed, but, uh, I'm sure it's just going to be a blip. And then, you know, I don't talk for like a split second and then I'm back, but, uh, that took a lot longer than I thought. I had to clean a couple pools and I had to talk with my wife for a little bit. And, uh, so, uh, I was saying we're at 137 customers. We are officially at 136. I did officially drop a customer that, um, I should have dropped a lot longer. I mean, they're super sweet people, good people, um, you know, not bad at all. Very understanding. I mean, but these are the people who were just going to move their pool across their yard, basically get a new pool and fill in their old one. Cause they didn't like where it was. And I just had to let them know today that I, I cannot, um, I cannot continue to service the pool. There's just no way. So, uh, that sucks. I'm going to refund them for the month of May because it's such short notice. And, um, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. I should have done it earlier, really. I should have just never brought, you know, took them back on. But 
you know, at the end of the day, I also learned about doing, uh, even though I've been doing green pools, I've been doing them drastically underpriced. I mean, I used to do green pools for like 300 bucks and I did theirs for about 650 with including the chemicals. And now, you know, now I know from doing that one, what market rate is. I, I spoke with my contractor, spoke with a couple of people and I, so I know what market rate is. Um, and it's like 1200 minimum. And yeah, so I now only quote green pools for 1500 bucks because I don't want to do them. There's a massive liability involved and uh, they just sort of suck. But, you know, now I make a lot of money whenever I, I drain a pool. So, you know, I don't regret taking them back on, but I do regret how it's ending right now. I do wish that I could have ended this in a better way um, than the way we did. But got to crack some uh, crack some eggs to make an omelet. So that's no longer a problem, but I'm now back down to 136 with regards to new customers. Um, I did get a, a lead call in while I was at that pool, unqualified. You know, it was a uh, it was a uh, above ground pool, which we do not do. Um, but uh, hey, you know what? It's a lead. You know, we're business is is still flowing my way, and I mean, there's a way. I mean, if I really wanted to, I could do above ground pools. I just really don't want to. Because uh, I know I know what's involved. I've had one before, and they suck. Um, anyway, so that's the digital marketing side is what I was kind of talking about. There's a lot of ways that I will be spending my time to improve that digital marketing side. And that's, you know, I would not say that that is a forever uh, type thing. You know, like a day-to-day, every single day for the rest of me running this business or until I offload it onto someone else. Which, in, in a way, I will eventually offload it onto someone else. But, you know, that... With the beauty of digital marketing is you kind of set it up. It's a lot of work up front, and then you sort of wait and analyze and tweak, and the tweaking is not very much work. Um, so, you know, when it comes to what my my day, when it comes to what my day will look like, uh, you know, that's going to be a big chunk of it. Fixing up the website, fixing up, our, building out a true funnel, marketing funnel. You know, from a digital marketing perspective. And, um, but then eventually, uh, that'll be done and then we'll move on to kind of, uh, potentially doing, and like I was saying, oh, that, that, I for, kind of forgot I had already said this. So yeah. And then kind of doing a little bit of door knocking. I, I'm not, I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I'll actually do that to me. It may be more worth it to just spend the money that I make in repairs on, um, you know, mailing the mailing, the ads, doing direct mail, not, um, direct marketing, but doing direct mail. Because I don't really want to go knock on doors. I really just, I don't. Um, I'm not geared that way. I can handle rejection just fine. I just don't. I mean, we're talking about the coldest of cold leads and the the most over it people you could potentially be talking to are people you just, you're interrupting their day at their home. You're invading their space. And that's how I feel. Someone is invading my privacy and invading my space. If you knock on my door to sell me something, you immediately suck in my mind. Um, So I know not everybody's geared towards me and I know it's just a numbers game, but I don't know how, uh, how much I would actually want to do that. But that's another avenue we can go. But then again, you know, again, a a big thing is also um, really marketing is is what I'm getting to. Marketing and working on, and whenever the labor market kind of bounces back, working on recruiting, um, those are, that's really how I'm going to be spending my time. 
uh, whenever this is, you know, whenever I'm out of the field. That's the, those are the big ones. But then you got to remember, I still have to be out in the field. Just because I'm not doing the route work specifically does not mean that I'm, I'm done with being in the field. It just means I'm not cleaning the same pools every day, you know, five days a week. It means that what it does mean is I'll be checking in on these pools. I'll be, I'll be checking in on my employees a lot more. I'll be, you know, you know, when I get calls from employees, it usually just, I have to put it on my calendar and then go do it the next day or, or sometime that week. So if I'm, if I'm super busy, like I am today. Um, but I'll be, I'll be going out. Like if I get a call, I'll just be able to say, yeah, I'll be there after I'm done with what I'm doing now. And I just fix it on the fly. Now I'll probably need to think about how to systemize that a little bit better because I do know that I will probably be burning gas that way. And that's not good. But one of the things I've even thought about is, you know, Ford's coming out with electric vehicle trucks. Um, I'm sure there's some hybrid trucks out there already made. Like maybe I think about because I'm going to be doing this all across town, all over the place. Maybe I, I think about, you know, keeping my truck load light. So not carrying as many chems with me, but carrying way, way more repair stuff with me. And really way more marketing stuff with me. Um, and uh, yeah, just, you know, sort of be more of a repair truck. I mean, although the tools are pretty heavy, so I don't know. But basically think about a way to, to kind of cut down on the, on the cost of gas and systemize it. So maybe I'm doing it one day a week or two days a week or whatever. Like really try to schedule it out so I'm not every single day all over the place. Um, but maybe have like a in the morning from the hours of you know, seven o'clock in the morning, all the way until 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm available for repairs and quotes or repairs, sorry, repairs and, um, big repair scheduling and, and diagnostics. Right. So like when I need to let a customer know that they're going to need a new pump and how much that's going to cost and then scheduling it with our contractor and then, you know, following up and then following up on payments and stuff like that. Next section of the day. Now I try to bill on the fly as I go. That's why I, I use QuickBooks uh, and why I use the the QuickBooks online is because I can just do everything on my phone right then and there. Because if I don't do it right then and there, I will forget. Uh, but a lot of times, my employees are now my employee right now. He is now officially starting to do repairs, and I am behind on billing out the repairs that he's done. Uh, and I need to be better about that. And I definitely am going to need to figure out a system for that. Um, there's a whole lot of things that I need to start figuring out uh, once I'm out of the route work, once I'm out of the field for route work, but I'm still going to be in the field. So it's not like that just goes away and now I, I don't have to work. Um, I'm just trading that time uh, to honestly, uh, and I mean, seriously, what, what I'm really doing is I'm trading the time that I'm effectively not wasting, but I'm using for, for the grunt work. And I'm taking that time and I'm giving it to my repair side of my job, the kind of more complex things. Uh, and I'm, I'm basically, I'm better, I'm using that time to better service our customers because I'm able to repair their issues way faster, get to their pools, tear down their cleaners, build them back up, put them back in the pool, and now it's done. That same day that they had the problem, that my, you know, it was a, if it's an issue that my tech couldn't solve on his own. And then I also want to spend that time building a way to train my techs for these more complicated, uh, but still low, low value repairs so that they can just start doing this on their own and then they can earn commission on them. Um, you know, and it incentivizes better pool care. So there's ways that I want to build this, uh, once I'm out of the, out of the field that I can, there's ways that I can build my systems for my techs and myself to really serve our customers better, make our customers even more happy so that when I go for that review, it's a lot easier to get those positive reviews and just overall build our company better. 
Uh, and that requires me to not be spending that time in the field. But basically, I think my morning is going to be spent in the field doing diagnostics. And then anything after that, I'm just going to have to schedule it for the next day. And I mean, still, next day service is pretty wonderful, uh, you know, compared to my competitors. It's, you know, right now, if you're not uh, if you're not a full service, like repair all the time company, which most people are not, um, you're like two weeks out if something breaks on your pool. Now I have one contractor. I'm debating if you know we're getting to that. Now I don't. I don't want to give anybody else more work. Like I really want to make this guy super stoked to work with me, and he is, um, as far as I can tell. Uh, but you know, there may come a time where you know, hey, two weeks is not enough, or it's not like if 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 we get to a point where like, hey, I'm giving him so much work that it's now like three weeks out. Which right now it kind of is. There's been a few jobs that I've had to schedule that are more like three weeks out until we can fix those things, and that's. That's kind of tricky because now we're talking about, okay, now I have to manage a non-functioning pool for three weeks. That's pretty expensive. And so I may need to like start interviewing and, and trying out more contractors. But again, all of this builds a better experience for our customers. So that's my main goal um, when it comes to the customers that I currently have, the work that I'm currently doing for them. It's about improving their experience. And then from a marketing and sales perspective, it's about growing that number, that bottom line every single month, that MRR, not the repair money, not the, the one-off jobs, not the green pool cleanups, the, the MRR. If I can continue to grow that um, by, uh, by working out in the field, and, and, and doing the marketing and, and building the systems, right? Now we're talking about, hey, this business is really gonna pick up steam. And that's why I don't think I'm gonna wait until we're at that magic 163 uh, customer moment is because everyone wins except for me if we don't make enough. Everyone else seems to win if I can get out of the field. The faster I can get out of the field, the, the faster my customers have an even better experience than they have already, the faster my guys can get um, you know, my, my guys have their job, so they're getting paid their money. Um, and I'm, I'm able to start growing the business to, to bring this level of service to more and more people in the market. Um, so, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a, a totally clear picture yet. Um, I don't have all of the answers yet. Uh, you know, and I think as I scale up, to that third truck in the field and the now, so four trucks total, if you include mine, once I scale closer and closer to that third truck, you know, my guys are going to get paid more. That's for sure. Uh, my customers are going to, you know, we're going to have a big net of customers. Customers are going to have that awesome service, awesome repair service. Um, but as we grow to that third and beyond, I think I'm going to start facing issues that I can't really predict right now, you know, specifically around probably, you know, things like I'll need a location because I don't think, I don't think it'd be very nice for my neighbors to see four freaking pool trucks on their street at all times. Like, I think that's kind of like messed up. Um, we should have enough for a very cheap location and maybe I can just park like one or two trucks there. Um, but I really like to try to find a good location that scales up with me. I don't want to just cheap out on the location, but you know, those are the challenges I'm going to have to face. Cause like it's going to, and it's going to be similar to having an employee, like, I'm going to want to get that location before I'm really ready to get that location. Then I'm going to have to do everything I can to pay for that location. Just like I have to do that with the employee that I'm thinking about getting right now. I'm going to have to just sort of do my best to get there um, and maybe do it a little early. Um, the other thing too is like after a certain point, you know, 250 customers, my phone is already kind of blowing up all the time throughout the day. Um, it's actually been really well because we've really been working on these systems. We've really been working on, uh, on processing things out. So I'm not actually as, you know, I have more customers than I did this time last year, but my phone 
is blowing up significantly less than it was this time last year because I'm way, way more ahead of, um, of where, uh, sorry, my, 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 uh, uh, anchor FM is buzzing at me because this is apparently trailing on, but I'm way more ahead of, uh, staying on top of my pools than I was last year. Um, so I, I think we're doing a lot better about keeping our, our core customer base super, super happy. Um, and that's because we're scaling. We're scaling with processes. We're scaling with systems in place. I'm really being intentional with what I, how I'm spending my time. And if you're in a business uh, like mine and you're thinking about scaling past just owner-operator, these are the things you need to be doing from the get-go. But I still get at least two to three um, issues that arise every day from my tech. It's not my customers usually who tell me, and then maybe like one every couple of days from a customer letting me know that something's broken. Because usually my tech's pretty good about spotting it and letting me know, and then I'm pretty good about getting out there very quickly and just fixing it for my customers. Um, so, uh, you know, add, but as I scale to that third truck and, you know, we're talking 250 pools, you know, and beyond, now we're going to start getting to a point where, you know, I'm probably getting three to four things on my schedule a day, every day. And may and maybe like one to two customer ish like telling me about these. So that's like six things every day. And I'm already doing all of these other things and I'm already solving all these other problems now. And at that scale, I'll probably be solving a whole new level of problems um, and trying to process out a whole new level or you know put put together a whole new level of processes, uh, processes in place. And um, I'm gonna have to be really intentional and maybe, we may at that point need to start thinking about, um, you know, work order flow and maybe even hiring in a part-time admin assistant to, to handle the scheduling for the more squeaky wheels and things like that. So I don't know where, where it scales, but as of right now, that first, this next employee that we hire, that, that, that second truck, the first time that I'm fully out of the field on a route basis, that's where I'm planning on spending my time. That's my game plan. That's the strategy I'm, I'm you know, I'm charging for. Um, and yeah, so I hope that was insightful. That's it for today. Uh, I'm really excited about where we're at. 136 customers, despite losing one today, that needed to be lost. I should have, I should have cut them way earlier. I should have never picked them back up, really. Uh, but. You know, I'm still so excited to finally be on the tail end of the 130s and hopefully into the 140s. And then pretty soon, we're going to start looking at um, how do we get this next new hire into his own truck and have him run on his own route so that I have even more time to build this thing even better. So thank you so much for listening. If you like this, please drop a follow if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on anything else. Uh, I don't know how it works. Like follow. I know there's a way you can give reviews and ratings. Um, feel free to reach out to me directly. I really appreciate any feedback. This has just been a fun project for me. But um, other than that, thanks again for listening and have a good rest of your day. Bye.